everybody, and welcome to What's Up With That Bro. It's the podcast where we're watching the TV show Lost backwards, so in reverse order from the last episode to the first episode with Chad, and he's never seen Lost before. Except for all the times that I watched Lost for this podcast, but only ever for this podcast. And I'm AJ, another one of your bros on the show, and this week we're considering Lost. Uh, there's no place like home, part one. Yeah. Basically, the face-off begins between the survivors and the mercenary team on the freighter, and in the future, the Oceanic Six return to their families. Yes, it's the uh, the first part of the three-part season finale for season four. And they don't mention Jeremy Bentham oh, yeah. once. All the flashbacks is the flashback to the very first day of their uh, rescue. That's right. As opposed to the last day or whatever. That's right. So we don't get any mentions of Jeremy Bentham. We do see them, you know. I love the opening scene where, like, uh, they kind of do, like, a little sneak introduction of um, of the Oceanic Six. Mm-hmm. So we get to see those pilots. One of them is, like, kind of holding on to a lucky rabbit's foot. They're kind of discussing amongst themselves that this is some bad juju on the, on the craft. Eh, just a general thing. It was kind of fun that they kind of got yeah. into it that way. Yeah. It makes me wonder if actual pilots think to themselves when they know that there's someone who's been involved in a plane crash mm. on their plane is like do they actually think that people are like jinxes <laughs> or is it like lightning where you just think oh. like oh you can't strike twice right but that guy like that guy was straight up into the old idea of, of a jinx on his plane yeah. or multiple jinxes I feel like they're a little superstitious because like there's so much that's out of your control when you're a pilot right and, like mm-hmm. the weather and stuff so this luck is... is important this is the season finale, right? Um, yeah. The beginning of the three-part season finale that we're watching. You know, you notice how that, that woman, she kind of mentions, I guess this is like maybe the writer's telegraphing the audience again. I don't think this is anything new. We kind of see it there. She says, you know, they're calling, well, the, the press, we're going to be meeting with the press, and the press is calling you the Oceanic Six. Not yeah. the best branding, but, mm. um, you know, it's catchy. And I think that <laughs> was something that is going to keep coming back in the season all the way maybe probably to the beginning yeah. where like they're, they're calling these survivors the ones on that that plane that coast guard plane the oceanic six and um but yeah they just they just needed a few buzzwords to kind of to get the whole additional mysteries going like who are the oceanic six yeah. and then i think we're going to slowly start to find out uh in reverse who they are because yeah. we don't we don't know who they are yeah. uh, like we know who they are at the end of the season yeah we we, we know now um because we've seen so much of like in season five where they're talking about it a lot i know earlier one of the first few times they mentioned the oceanic six chad you had you could you could name five of them but not all six yeah can you name all six now uh now all six is jack kate hurley saeed uh son and jack kate hurley saeed son would the baby be one that's what it was that's oh the baby. aaron is the sixth one okay because <laughs> yeah. i'm just like wait a minute were there six people on that plane? <laughs> that baby is never gonna be able to like live a normal life. He wouldn't. He wouldn't have anyways. But he already started off with this super dope title. Yeah. Like his title is he's one of the Oceanic Six, and he's not gonna know anything <laughs> what that means because he was a baby when it happened. Yeah. But he is one of them. But that's now the baby just did. It's like being a child actor and then never doing anything after yeah. you grow up. Well, I think he, he got lucky because he's known as uh, Aaron, the son of Kate. <laughs> But yeah. then she just disappears. Yeah. And he gets ro- he's going to be raised by a uh, Australian lady. Australian Kim Basinger. Well, I guess Kate comes back with uh, 
with Claire at the end of the series, so maybe Claire takes the, her baby back. And yeah, or would yeah. Claire be able to? Because she's oh, so she far gone by the end yeah. of the season. She crazy. Do they actually get back? Well, I got on the plane. Uh, well, That's we, all we really know. We see the plane fly over Jack in the final moments of the series. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're assuming... Well, I guess you can kind of lay whatever you want over that. Either they, they make it or they don't. But if they do make it, they uh, yeah. what, what's their life? I mean, what's Claire's life at that point? Like, can she return to a normal life? Yeah, cause, I mean, she's not going to get any of that sweet settlement money that the Oceanic Six got. Right. Because they all said she was dead. Right. Maybe so. maybe she gets like a brand new identity. Yeah. That would be great. Well, the, they make it where she kind of is in lockstep with the monster towards the end of the series, right? Mm-hmm. So she yeah. calls the monster her friend. And yeah. she knows that it's not Jack's dad or her father or whatever that's coming to her. She knows that it's the monster. But um, maybe after the monster is, or the, the smoke monster is vanquished, maybe that evil kind of dissipates. And maybe she's able to settle back into, like, mm-hmm. not being crazy. Maybe. Oh, she was abandoned, though, so I don't know if there's, like, trauma there. Yeah, I think just things. living in the jungle by yourself for three years. Yeah, yeah with your it. only friend being a monster. Yeah. yeah. I think she got back home and started watching a lot of Jumanji. And she's <laughs> like, I can totally relate with Robin Williams' yeah. character. Or they probably gave her Hurley's old room. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. Or she, like, they gave her Hurley's, what was that, a firebird that he had in this episode? A Camaro. Camaro. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's not a firebird. <laughs> no, I, I meant his room in the mental institution. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, it would be interesting if she did end up at that particular place, right? Yeah. But then, I don't know, she's not a... I wonder. What was... Her whole thing was... I think it's a spinoff comic book or something. Yeah. Yeah. Or like a YA novel. Yeah. So, uh, listeners, uh, send us your your theories about what Claire's life was like after the island with hashtag... uh, After the island? After the island. Dash Claire. Can you put dashes (laughs) in a hashtag? I don't know. Um, I don't think so. If you can't, just... After Island Claire. Yeah. We'll, we'll know what you're talking about. Just tag us. At yeah. WhatBroPod. Yeah, yeah. Would what happens after Lost be called Found? Yes. Found Claire. Or <laughs> Found... Yeah, whatever. So we have that, that music swell when they come in uh, and, and they have the reunion with the family. Yeah. I thought it was such a gorgeous scene. Yeah. And it was so fun to watch. Like, it was nice to see the the reuniting of uh, of all these, the remaining that, that make it back home. Um, yeah. We see everybody kind of have their little moment of Everyone's reunion. Everyone's got someone there waiting for him, except, except for one. Kate and Saeed. But Saeed gets pulled into Hurley's family. Yeah. 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 Cause, Which is... Because he's brown. They're like, okay, <laughs> you're close enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they uh, they they just had Saeed as the uh, ambiguously... I, I think they're originally going to give that uh, that role to Cliff Curtis. Curtis yeah, Cliff, Cliff? Cliff Curtis. Cliff Curtis. Famed New Zealand actor... Right. never gets to play a guy from New Zealand. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Who's always playing everybody else. So, yeah, so Saeed is the Cliff Curtis of the show. Yeah. He can just blend in anywhere. Because I believe the guy who uh, plays Saeed, um, oh, what's his name? Um, you know what I'm talking about. He's uh, he's from England, I believe, and mm-hmm. also is uh, Indian and not. He's also very nice. Yeah. Uh, I helped him Iraqi out a couple of times at um, Barnes & Noble Kahala. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's cool. That's That's really cool. Yeah, it, I noticed that. Like a lot of the, a lot of different ones that have a lot of uh, Naveen working... Andrews. Sorry, Naveen Andrews. That's his name. Yeah, I noticed a lot of a lot of actors that kind of portray a lot of these um, 
terrible villains. They're always like such sweethearts in real life. Yeah. I, I don't think that's not like that doesn't go without whatever. But even um the Charles Whitmore character, yeah. the guy that plays Charles Whitmore on the show was supposed to be like this imposing, intimidating figure. But like um he was actually known in in Britain for playing like a loving father in a family yeah. like for a bunch of years. So everybody always knew him as like the sweet father type right. or whatever. And then they gave him this role in, in Lost. But um I think beside that he's supposed to be like a that friendly gregarious yeah. guy or whatever but I, I think that a uh what, what england thinks of as a sweet father type person is what in america we see as a, an evil uh, <laughs> aristocratic englishman oh yeah yeah they're like oh man we need our villain to to be grounded and give us some serious gravitas yeah we'll throw an english drinking a glass of scotch and saying something <laughs> yeah. about people's place in society yeah so uh during that that reuniting scene we see uh, jack's mom she welcomes him back at the tearing, uh, tearful reunion, and she uh, kisses him right on the mouth. Yeah, that's it. We actually uh, went and rewound that just to make sure that uh, that was actually what was happening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. So that that definitely did happen. Yeah. Yeah. I think we we uh, we've all kissed our moms on the mouths at some point in our lives. Yeah. Sure. Um, it's just that after a certain age, that usually stops. Yeah. Yeah. What are you gonna do? Jack is back, and his mom is just like, oh. All right. Oh. And like it wasn't like she gave him any tongue. Yeah. That would be weird. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> that would be weird. Yeah. That would be very strange. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that was that was kind of strange. Yeah. I guess she had a lot of weird emotions going on cuz like he went to Australia to get his dad his dad's body, right? And so like she's expecting her husband to come back at some point. Like so she's got like these mixed feelings about her husband and her son having gone down in this crash, so maybe she's getting a little confused as to what what no. she's supposed to be how she's supposed to be acting right this yeah th- this woman has been through a lot emotionally yeah. <laughs> like she's lost her husband and then her son who was sent to retrieve the body of her husband gets lost at sea <laughs> or goes down in a plane crash and this is all in quick succession so you just lose everything surprise that they didn't paint the mother out to be a little bit more off kilter mm. like you know, her, her her mental state was still still pretty sound yeah. like um besides the fact i think she was kind they kind of they kind of intimated that she was uh, she had some trouble with alcohol in the later seasons, yeah. but I don't know if that was just a s- flash sideways. Yeah, I think that was flash sideways. Even I don't know if we see her really again for the rest of the uh, series. I believe we see her a couple of times, uh-huh. and uh, they never come like right out and say like, "Oh yeah, no, she drinks too much." But uh, you do see that drinking does sort of run in that family. Yeah, yeah. and it's on both sides, both parents for Jack. I think because his father was well. Uh, I've only ever seen Christian Shepherd in the sideways reality or as a ghost. <laughs> oh, did they not paint yeah. Christian Shepherd as a, as a guy dealing with the same kind of issues yet? From what we've seen, they just kind of make him like this ominous presence, and then yeah. like even in the flash sideways, it's just him telling him to get his tell his, telling his son to like get his surgery team together or whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's kind of a a jerk. Not really. Not that, I mean, that's the word I'm thinking of. But yeah. Yeah, a little stern. Well, yeah. like maybe even stern isn't. He's but... definitely the authority figure. Yeah. yeah. Or a ghost. <laughs> or a ghostly authority yeah. figure. And maybe once or twice a smoke monster. Yeah. Yeah. Pretending to be a ghost. We get a little bit of what I would consider manufactured tension. I mean, it, it's part it's part of the show. I and mean, the show does this somewhat. But mm-hmm. we have that, that tense few seconds where... Um, they ask son about the death of her husband if he you know when he died and all that stuff so like i guess the audience is supposed to be on the edge of the seat like god oh, don't fuck this up son don't tell them what really happened my question is what 
would be the consequence of the Oceanic Six being 100% straight up and honest with what happened to them before they were found. Like, who are there other forces trying to find this island? I just mean, Widmore. Yeah, it's Widmore. So I would think that if they kind of put the island or they put whatever their experience, their true experience out into the world, that like that would reduce Widmore's power because he's operating in secret. And we kind of see right. that throughout the series where... Um, you know, we see in some of the previous episodes where he, he has like a, he speaks to son on the street and son, he's trying to pretend like he doesn't know who son is and mm-hmm. son calls him out on that. And then like, there's other instances where he's kind of doing a lot of shady back work. So he's doing all this stuff in the shadows, but if everybody knew what the island was or where they were and, and all this kind of stuff, I mean, I don't know, maybe, maybe that would open up the way for like another potential crazy psychotic billionaire who has a, who wants to have a the fix on time travel and all that shit i don't know yeah also uh it requires that widmore find them uh whereas if everyone knows what's going on with the island then uh there's going to be more people looking yeah which would increase the odds that they would get found increasing the odds that they would get found increases the likelihood that widmore would know where they are yeah that's a good point uh that's one thing another uh rationale behind uh just keeping it the secret is uh, maybe Widmore will think that everyone else died, huh. and these are the only six that survived. I see. Yeah, it. it I, I can. I guess I can get on board with that. Yeah. And but, I guess it overall, it, it pretty much worked because I mean, he doesn't really seem to do anything else for the next three years until he sends people to collect the Oceanic Six to go back to the island, right? Yeah, and uh, later on, he's got his whole team of of whoever, which includes not Tina Fey, the physicist, and yeah. uh, whoever else, that come back to the island only to like meet his end at Ben's hand. And yeah. uh, I think at that point, the show was like sprinting to finish all their storylines or yeah. whatever they thought was some of the most pertinent plot points they needed to wrap up. But they, they kind of did him dirty, in my opinion, with mm. the, the Widmore stuff because he's supposed to be this super imposing figure. But I, I know we've kind of discussed it, but like he gets killed. Uh, you know, by Ben, but he never. We never find out what his ends are. I guess he wants to be in control of the island again, but that never comes to fruition. And like, yeah, I don't. I, don't, I, I guess I'm struggling with like what Widmore's purpose was. Yeah, well, and he was also trying to help stop the the smoke monster and help Jacob. I think it was a big part of it because he was working with Ben. I think right before Ben killed him, uh, like to try to trick the smoke monster for some reason. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. So does that mean that Widmore had no interaction with? Jacob, like how Ben had no interaction with Jacob previously, or whatever, maybe. Yeah, I think that's, everyone seems really surprised that Locke was able to meet with Jacob. Like, that doesn't seem to be part of what the leader gets to do. Hmm. Yeah, that seems about right. Yeah. But yeah, it, it was kind of fun. We also see um, the reporters who are who are interviewing the Oceanic Six during yeah. that hangar scene. There's even a guy who, who starts picking apart Kate's story, which is fine, but... Ah, it seems so strange. Like this is a survival. I, don't, I know it's not a puff piece like right. that a like that a news team would be covering. This is serious stuff. But that guy, is, that guy is a really good reporter. If he can, if he found out all those details about Kate Austin and what she was doing, right. and she was supposed to be technically six months pregnant at the yeah. time of her apprehension. Well, I mean, he just has to do the the math real quick of oh, this lady, she's got a baby. She's been gone for three months, so you know, he's, she's the baby. It's a freshly born baby yeah, yeah. so, so and he asks, like how's the baby how old's the baby yeah. and she says oh it's the baby's five weeks old so he's like okay cool so uh you were 35 weeks pregnant 
uh, or not 35 weeks pregnant. It's been five weeks. Uh, so babies are supposed to be born at, I believe, 40 weeks. Okay. And uh, so that's 45 weeks. And they were gone for 108 days. Yeah. Is that what they said? Uh, 108 is... That's just over 14... Oh, uh, no, not 14. 15. Uh, 16 weeks, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that right? And 30... Yeah, it's uh, 15 weeks and, and 3 days. Yeah. For our mathematician listeners out there, <laughs> please do us a solid. <laughs> Let's get that math right. Yeah. I think that was pretty that was yeah, right in the ballpark for sure. Yeah, so the, yeah, he was just doing math in his head. Yeah, huh. he was off by a little bit, I think. Mm-hmm. I see. But, yeah. So if he's able to, to find that inconsistency in their story, like, I, I know the show doesn't do this, and, like, I, they wouldn't have time. I don't. Well, I don't think they would have time for this kind of plot point, but it would be so fun if there was, like, a set of, of lost truthers on the mm. show like uh, people that are into this conspiracy and maybe there's i wonder like in this lost universe is there a conspiracy of what really happened to the oceanic six versus yeah. the story they were telling i think mm. who are these actors that they hired to pretend yeah. to be the oceanic six <laughs> because they, they've talked before about how they found a uh a plane at the bottom of the ocean mm-hmm. that was full of bodies that widmore had planted there yeah That's so right. it becomes a question of well are these actually the oceanic six and that was the real story or was the plane that was on the bottom of the ocean the real plane yeah because uh that, that sounds like some uh some alex jones shit <laughs> it does yeah. yeah like if if it actually came out uh if were the missing planes malaysian airlines yeah the ones in real life oh yeah did the they malaysian ever find any of those no i they think have... they found a bit of wreckage in yeah the if they ocean, found yeah. like oh no we found the whole malaysian airlines right. flight and then like three months later they're like ah just kidding we found some survivors <laughs> yeah yeah like people would be like wait what yeah yeah that is yeah i guess they couldn't spend too much time doubling back on that it's almost like like the writers and then like and just in general the 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 watchers of the show kind of just they keep within the moment and a lot of it is just you kind of have to all right, we'll, we'll stay yeah. within the pocket of yeah. whatever this episode is. Because a good example of that is uh, Jack and his uh, appendix that just got taken out. And yeah. he's bleeding all over the place. Never comes back. Never comes back. Yeah, how interesting. Yeah. I totally forgot about that plot point, too. Because you know, Juliet's talking about the surgery. I'm like, there's a surgery? The surgery? He's bleeding out of his torso. Yeah. And that's, you know, two days before they get picked up by the Coast Guard. So there's going to be some sort of a, a physical they have to go through. And they're going to be like, yo, your appendix got cut out, like... And this isn't like a jagged, you used a piece of wreckage to cut yourself open with. Like someone used a scalpel, mm. I assume. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that would, that would be so strange. Yeah. So you, I guess you would have to like keep that a secret too, right? He couldn't disrobe or change in front of like any of the uh, the Oceanic Airlines officiants, yeah. like that woman. Not that he would. I don't know why he would I, do that. I feel that. like the, the, the company would force them to get like physicals and stuff just to Before see. they give them their settlements? Yeah, to see what kind of... Uh, physical harm they've come through so that's why they can't be like oh yeah i need to sue you guys some more because of the uh, whiplash yeah. or something yeah. yeah 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 like my vertebrae six in my back is is messed up they're like oh okay yeah i guess yeah i guess they would need to submit to some kind of thing right yeah well maybe they i don't know if, they, if that happens and they sue and they get their settlements of whatever that money was supposed to be i wonder what the if there's any contingencies like yeah we'll give you the settlement but you have to do x y and z yeah physical. probably yeah yeah huh. yeah that would be interesting if that were the case I guess yeah. they can keep everything legit. I, I'm 100% certain it was a contingent thing. Hmm. 
I see. Well, we do. So maybe he got extra money because he was like, oh, yeah, the, the crash made my appendix explode. So. <laughs> and it exploded out of this nicely sutured incision. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, you guys had a lot of tools on that plane. We were able to get a bunch of toiletries, including a scalpel. Well, they said that there was uh, another boat uh, yeah. that washed up that had uh, supplies. Yeah, on day like 101 or something. Oh, I missed that. Yeah. I see. So that's where they got that, that life raft from. Mm-hmm. So maybe uh, he said that there was a, uh, there was a surgical kit or yeah. something on that it was boat. Yeah, the first aid kit with a razor blade in it. Man, that would suck. Yeah. I do well there's that stuff with Jack and his appendix and there's also like um some of the other stuff that happens later in the episode like the you could see uh, well I, I could I could see well, my own, my own viewing of it you could see the writers doing like a lot of heavy backflips and stuff to kind of keep the story going like where there's that scene between Ben and Hurley where Hurley says oh well if you could move this island the whole time why didn't you move it before that freighter or all those mercenaries even got to the island because they're here now and he's like well it's a measure of last resort and I feel like that was some hand wavy stuff that the writers had to like throw in there so that like people wouldn't be like yeah why didn't they move the island previous to them it is is dangerous like uh, a lot of them get shot through time in space and some of them don't right some people just stay yeah and some of them die because of the because of the movement of the island. Yeah. One of them being Charlotte. Right? She has that time travel sickness, and there's a few others too. Because wow. if they had, hadn't stopped the island from moving through time, everyone would have had their brains liquefy and come out the nose. That's true. You could even. I so, wonder. Oh, go ahead. I was just saying Ben probably should have mentioned that to Locke at some point. Like, <laughs> okay, do this, but you know, go go and turn it off in a couple of days, or you're all gonna die. Yeah, yeah. Like um, that's. That's the nature of this particular show. And it's a tool that, like, uh, I noticed Lindelof uses in a lot of his projects where mm-hmm. things could be easily solved or fixed by just a general explanation. Yeah. And they don't do that for any of no, a lot of it. And so you're just left kind of hanging, which is fine. But after a certain point, it, it wears on you. But then you kind of just accept it as as a tool that they use, yeah. a, a lossicism. And that's definitely something we'll see as we move backwards through this show of just interpersonal relationship stuff of people just like you know if you just told them the truth or kind of explain what is going on right now then people wouldn't be we wouldn't have all this drama yeah that's the other reason not to uh, explain everything that happened on the island because mm. it's fucking crazy yeah oh yeah yeah it's a smoke monster and polar bears other people living on the island yeah yeah it's it, it's a whole other thing you know i did now, like, looking back from what we're, what we've seen today, I'm kind of sad that we didn't get a lot more on the others, which is hmm. who we kind of see with uh, with uh, Richard Alpert and his group of folk. Like, those people, that group, like, we know who the freighter folk are. We kind of have an idea of what they are. And a lot of them are mercenaries. Right. Um, and then we have, like, the other freighter folk, which are, you know, which are a few others that we've seen already. But we never, ever find out the deal with the others. We never find out anything beyond... That they can speak Latin and that they live out in the forest. You know, yeah, and they, they, they follow dress. Jacob. Yeah, but why? And we never find that out, right? <laughs> yeah. And why couldn't? Why didn't Jacob use any of those loyal servants as candidates? Like he didn't. He kind of just he chose, I guess, other folk. Maybe yeah. he, maybe well, he knew. Outsiders. The assumption is that he isn't choosing candidates. Mm. It's a candidates are chosen, and he is just the instrument that gets them to the island. Good point. Yeah, wow. that's a good. That's a good point. Yeah, I, I could see how that would, would work. They kind of have to, like, um, there's that, that idea of um, a powerful men kind of plays a big role in the series in general. We see a lot of power, powerful men 
And there's some women too, but there's you know, there is Charles Widmore, and then there's also um, Mr. Pike, son's father. I forget yeah. his first name, but but yeah, like um, like it's Mister <laughs> to you. <laughs> so he's in there. Um, and he kind of it's kind of fun to see that whatever dynamic he has with his daughter doesn't change that much even after she gets off the island. No. Maybe with the exception of him not like berating her for for the baby or the pregnancy or whatever. Right. Know, so just kind of. It seems like he's kind of just like, so how's the baby? But she kind of just calls him out on his bullshit. And so like, you don't care about this baby. And also, I own a controlling stock in your company yeah. now. So, boom, and I'm He's got boss. a great reaction to that. <laughs> a great actor. That, yeah. The guy who plays Son's father. I love that guy. I, I was saying when we were watching that I wish that that had become a plot point for the rest of the show. Oh, yeah. That, uh, you know, now Son is like, you know, she has a controlling interest in, like, this big company, and it affords her the ability to start doing stuff that she was never able to do before. Mm. And what we see from her for the rest of the series is, oh, here's a gun. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sad. Yeah. Yeah. And, and she she got to go to England one time to confront um, Widmore. Right. I mean, those, those tickets aren't cheap from Korea. Mm-hmm. Although I think they get lifetime free flights from oceanic oh yeah oh man that'll be awesome like you you get the settlement and you get free flights yeah. that'll be so great but it's got to be like one of those employee types where you can only go if there's seats <laughs> it's available. only standby, yeah, standby. <laughs> um but yeah it, i did enjoy that scene with son and her dad because um in her mind she considers her father half responsible she's like you're one of the two that are responsible for yeah. the death of my husband so you took away the thing that i love the most so i'm going to take away what you love the most which is building this empire like your empire belongs to me now bitch yeah i don't know why son would be that disrespectful <laughs> well i mean she so maintains some class yeah i just threw that on her <laughs> but yeah so we get that surprise that surprise birthday scene with hugo yeah he comes in with the uh the jesus statuette yeah. and his mother says jesus is not a weapon <laughs> you guys make anything out of that um yeah, you shouldn't you shouldn't hit people with a, a Jesus statue. <laughs> Don't use uh, his words as a bludgeon against other people. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that it has anything to do with the show, but it's it's just nice to uh, think about. Yeah, that's that is that is good. I like that a lot. Does that ever come back? In this episode, the don't use Jesus as a weapon thing? I don't not think only so. does it not come back in this episode, I believe it never comes back in Lost. Uh, interesting. Or uh, maybe, I was hoping it would be more like a, a Crocodile Dundee kind of situation where she was like, Jesus Christ is not a weapon. This is a weapon. And she puts <laughs> on a giant knife. <laughs> or an even bigger Jesus statue. <laughs> yeah. But. That would have been great. Just like, that's not a Jesus statue. This is a Jesus statue. <laughs> She goes full Aussie for that moment. <laughs> and then she has this giant fucking great sword that's carved to look like Jesus. <laughs> yeah. And I think we've talked about this previously where we had Anthony Negrelli on the show mm-hmm. where we see a lot of um just a lot of slice of life stuff for the for the Hurley family, which you know, which is including with Hugo and all that, but that's what the family is. The family is this, you know, um, this caviar sandwich right and then we kind of see that play out again in this episode where they throw a party for hugo's birthday party and it's island themed yeah which is so terrible (laughs) i would like you i mean i guess that maybe stands to the in a way to the credit of the family because they're just all like yeah just you know you have to embrace what had happened and then you can move forward and you know not shelf it so maybe they're just all like, yeah, I was trapped on an island. Let's have a party and yeah. theme it this way. Well, I think we've talked a little bit before about how like 
they're probably not sleeping in beds when they get back. Like they're sleeping on the ground and that kind of stuff just to what they've been used to this whole time. So maybe this is Hurley's family's way of being like, okay, we're going to try to give, give you this thing that reminds you of this thing that you're, you're used to. to I, yeah. Yeah. That, that's, I guess that could, that could be a, yeah. could be a thing for sure. Like, which is kind of interesting. Like, um, it's kind of fun to think about too. I guess like, okay, this is what you were familiar with. And, you know, here's your island life back yeah. at you again, which is incredibly traumatic for you. But it's <laughs> it's like, but they don't know, I guess. Yeah, because yeah. he eventually reveals this information to his mom, right? Mm-hmm. Who uh, I think that was the same episode that Anthony was on where like uh, yeah. the mom says, I don't understand you, but I, you know, I get what you're saying or whatever. Because he, they spent so much time lying about what happened. So maybe that's why they, it's maybe a partial reason why yeah. they put together that, that island themed birthday party mm-hmm. for Hugo. Also, the only people that were invited from the Oceanic Six to the uh, to the party, or yeah. the only ones that showed up, were Saeed and Kate. Yeah, uh, and obviously Aaron because Kate showed up. Right, right. So that's half. Yeah, yeah. But Sun doesn't make an appearance. Sun doesn't Jack. make an appearance. Jack doesn't make an appearance, and I'm just like, oh, did they only invite the people who have the curly hair? Oh yeah, <laughs> it would have been that. <laughs> I think we're finding out that. Uh, it's a lot of reverse racism with the Hurley family. No, yeah, I'm maybe, just maybe Hurley's family invited the people with the curly hair because they're like, oh, someone might try to kill Hurley. <laughs> so we're going to have some people that are sort of like stand-in bodyguard kind of doubles. They yeah. look close. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's kind of true. The, the, I wonder what kind of continuity experts this show had or mm. if there was such a thing or a role for somebody they to play. They like... checked Lostpedia a lot. Probably was that ex- in existence back then? I wonder. Like, I'm, I'm yeah, sure I that it was. I'm the people sure. working on the show they had a pretty extensive Bible, yeah. the show Bible. I see. Uh, where they recorded everything that was happening on the show. Uh, speaking of things that happened on the show that I don't understand, the order <laughs> in which they happen. Nadia shows up outside of uh, the press conference. Yeah, and but the cops won't let her in. Yeah. The cops won't let her in. Is that what the thing was? I don't know, but the, she's she, waiting she outside with the police. She wasn't on the uh, list of uh, family, family or yeah. journalists, huh. so they had her wait outside. Uh, now, here's the thing. Nadia is the person who he loves, right? And is that the one that gets hit by the car? She does get hit by a car, she yeah. Does get hit by a car, okay, yeah. so she gets hit by a car sometime in the next three years. Yeah. And that is like, wait, what? <laughs> Like her death scene is, is yeah. like a wait what kind of thing? Uh, not not that her death scene is a wait what thing, but it's just like wh- why is how are we seeing this and being like oh that's a big thing? Oh, I that, see that I... she dies because you meet her like what once? Yeah. Oh yeah, you know yeah, what I think yeah. it was. Before she dies. No, I I I think it was um, I think it was like writers because they can't give they can't give Saeed a happy ending, right. which is fine I guess for. The kind of storytelling that they're doing, so especially they have... because he has to be a tortured character. Yeah, and he and he kind of plays that role out all the way to the end of the series until he has that last redemptive, redemptive, redemptive moment. Wow, I can't say redemptive, redemptive moment where like um, he where kinda... he runs around with a bomb. Right, <laughs> he commits suicide via bomb. Right, but his suicide saves people. Yeah, I, I don't even know what I meant by that. But... His redemptive suicide bombing. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Now that you say it like that, it, it does it does have a different... Yeah, I mentioned that when it happened to yeah. him. Just like, they looked at this and said, yes, 
we'll have the only character of Middle Eastern descent being the one <laughs> running around with a bomb. Yeah, what is suicide. this like? This is like what? Oh six, oh seven. Like I don't think we had the yeah. same kind of. I think oh, we eight. had we had like some internet, yeah. and we had there's like maybe Facebook or yeah. or MySpace that was popping off, but I don't think the social strata was the way it is now. Or like there's there were there were was, like some bloggers that cared yeah. about this. Oh, okay. But there wasn't enough. Yeah, I yeah. suppose so. Yeah, it hadn't hit that critical mass. It needed Twitter for that. Yeah. Right, right. Where somebody could come and just throw out like, "Oh, that seems a little strange." Yeah. I mean, I feel like the writers are patting themselves on the back when they made that decision because they were like, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna give the Muslim guy a bomb," but he's he's yeah, he's running away from everybody with it. He's trying to yeah. not blow people up. Look how progressive we are. <laughs> they went the opposite direction. Yeah. Well, not progressive enough is sort of a common theme with Hollywood, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, yeah. like. Daniel Day Kim is now playing uh, the character in the new Hell Hellboy that uh, they had originally cast a white dude for. Yeah. And people were like, yay, we're going to have uh, an Asian guy playing an Asian role. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, but that character's Japanese. Oh. He's of Japanese descent. <laughs> oh, he's playing a Japanese character? Wasn't there like a regular agent in Hellboy who was just a regular dude? There was, was a regular uh, agent, but uh, the character that they were going to put in the new upcoming Hellboy movie uh is a guy of japanese descent mm, I see. and uh they have they originally cast uh this dude ed screen or ed scrine yeah and yeah. then people were just like whoa hey could we like stop taking asian characters <laughs> and casting white people as them and ed screen or scrine or whatever said like whoa i didn't know that this was an asian character <laughs> yeah like, i had no idea what this character was yeah uh, I'm I'm not gonna be in this movie. I don't want any part of uh, <laughs> you know uh, the whitewashing of all this stuff and taking roles away from Asian actors. Yeah. And then the studios were like, "Oh fuck." <laughs> yeah, I think we were, we screwed up by being too uh, generic with it. We keep using the word Asian, mm-hmm. <laughs> so they're like, "Okay, well, well, it's an Asian role. We'll give it to an Asian guy." Yeah. Are you, aren't you guys happy it. now? Yeah. And then most people were specific. happy. Yeah. And then there's a handful of people that are like, but you have a Korean playing a Japanese person. Yeah. Mm. I'm okay with it yeah. as a person of Japanese descent. Right. Because I'm like, you know what? Baby steps. <laughs> <laughs> little by little. Yeah. There's mention of um, the bearing that they need to get to the island. Yeah. Um, that kind of plays a role where they're ferrying people, but they have to. And also the, the, the freighter itself has to kind of hit that 305 bearing, I think. Yeah. It says you have to stay at 305. And to which the, the captain says, yeah, we'll go, but there's also something knocking out our, what is it, our sonar? So they couldn't tell where the reef was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's why he said, oh, I won't go more than so many feet off. Yeah, he sure. said there's Five something miles. broadcasting from the boat. Right. Right. I don't know if that how that works. Yeah, how does that work? Because <laughs> if the broadcast does not hit that, that heart monitor that Kimi has, doesn't that also mean boom, like we yeah. hear from and it, Desmond? Actually, it, it's receiving, I, I think. It doesn't really need to be broadcasting anything. Also, if it's not going through the water, I don't know why it would affect a uh, like sonar pointed down into the water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, and also, if uh, the thing was not connected and it just started to connect as they were going inwards, oh. then it's like the bomb should have exploded. Or yeah, if it yeah. didn't have the signal from Kimi. Mm-hmm. And yeah. if the signal is not that important, if uh, having it disconnected does not read as a flat line, right? Then they could have just Turn the fucking boat around <laughs> instead of using all of the uh, fire extinguisher stuff. Yeah. yeah. Or liquid nitrogen, sorry, not carbon dioxide. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. But they didn't have a lot of time to think about it. And they were just, you know, because uh, it was Desmond, right? He was like, oh, yeah, I learned uh, explosive ordnance disposal a little bit in the army. 
So this is this is my solution because it's the only one that I know. So let's start doing this. And they, right. they just went with it. And Jim right. knew a little bit about explosives too, except he didn't. He also only knew a little bit about English. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, speaking of which, we get that scene between Jin, Sun, and uh, Michael, where Michael asks, asks Sun to translate, and he goes, "I understand." Yeah. And I guess yeah, like, I've been on this island for a hundred days. It's enough to learn <laughs> a lot of English. Yeah, I guess he could. Learn it's a a, lot. it's enough to understand a lot of English, even if he doesn't speak a ton of yeah. it. Still, what it's is weird because Im- Michael left on on day ninety two, so it's only been ten days. <laughs> it's been no, ten I have days. No idea when Michael left. But he's been so immersed <laughs> in the English language. How, I wonder how language immersion yeah. works. You know what I mean? Like if you're just if you're stuck on an island and people only speak English, how long does it take for you to to kind of catch on most of that? Like stuff? if someone just dropped you into Mexico somewhere, yeah. and left you there for a hundred days, how much would you days. understand? Yeah, in a hundred days, I think you'd do pretty good. I think I'd be enough. It'd be enough to like find the bathroom and uh, I don't know, ask for bread or something. Yeah. So just enough to like do the general stuff you need to survive. Yeah. Just eat enough bread so you have to shit it out. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then you can ask for where the bathroom is yeah. in Spanish. And I think it helps if your wife is there who can translate for you and help you learn oh, if, yeah. you're, if you're trying to learn. Yeah. yeah. Or you yeah. can become dependent on her and then you never learn. We don't, we don't know what has transpired up until this point between Michael and, and whoever. But like Michael's, Michael seems very on it. Like not on edge, but very... What's the word? Henri? Like, he seems defensive. so quick. Yeah, yeah super defensive. defensive. Yeah. He's like, I'm back to do good now. Yeah, I have to you make have up for to this let... thing. Yeah, like, it was like, yo, all right, slow your roll, partner, for a quick <laughs> second. You did, whatever you did, it must have been pretty fucked up because these people are are, are speaking to you. And, and they don't even tell him the thing he did. Like, they just oh, tell him, knows. like. He knows what he did. Yeah, he did, they just say, like, oh, you're helping Ben now. And then he was like, I'm trying to do right. I'm doing right right now. Like, that's 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 the hallmark of somebody who is. Guilty. Has, yeah, who guilty. has a lot of guilt. Yeah. Well, maybe that's the first step towards righting a wrong. Yeah. Like, he's not like Benjamin Linus. He's not right. saying so. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. hey, you work for Ben now. Yes, so. You know, like it's it's an accusation that he meets with like uh, anger and and like uh, yeah, and just I guess telegraphing his own guilt of yeah. whatever he did because whatever he did, he probably feels bad about it. Yeah. So Chad, uh, what, what's something that you think he might have done? He left everyone. He had the opportunity to get off the island, and he could have taken people with him, or he could have at least tried, but instead, uh, he just booked it on his own with Walt. Yeah. Interesting. Very interesting. I'm looking forward to when we see what happens. Yeah. Like, he just said, fuck you, I got mine. Right. (laughs) (laughs) He was was leaving just... I don't know why he would be singing, he's got five on it, but I would imagine he would be singing, I got five on it. Man, By no. the loonies. <laughs> <laughs> that has nothing to do with how he's leaving or why yeah. he's leaving, but he does have five on it. <laughs> but yeah, so he left, and apparently he like he kind of just generally says that, yeah, me and Walt took a certain heading and we ended up on some island. So he kind of gives his escape story to the rest of them, or to Sun and Jin. Yeah, and like now he's back to atone or to, to make a difference. And he's, mm. yeah, he doesn't, he has no chill when they kind of when they kind of like question him. Yeah. He's all like, "Well, I'm back. That's all that matters. Is that I'm trying yeah. to do right now because I'm I back." Think what happened is like he left. He felt bad, so he he found a way to get onto this freighter to help go back and help them. So he's like, "I'm going to go back and help and be a hero." And everyone that he meets is like, "What what's what's up with you, man? Like, you're still <laughs> mad about this thing that you did." Yeah. He's yeah. like, "Wait, no. You're supposed to be happy to see me." <laughs> I came back. Yeah. I'm a hero now. Yeah. I could have stayed back in New York with my son, but yeah. I'm here with you fucks. 
Let's go disarm this bomb. Yeah. So we find that Jack learns that Claire is his sister this episode. Did we as the audience already know that? Did we have that information? Oh, from we... the sideways reality. In the sideways um, reality, we know that, yeah. So we know that. I don't know if the regular direction audience knows. Mm. I don't know if they... Because it, it didn't feel like a big reveal to me, like that scene. It seemed like uh, like the the dialogue was there and then Matthew Fox reacted to it in character. Right. But it didn't feel like the was, camera pulled up on her face. Was he reacting in character as a character who already knew this uh, and needed to pretend like he was getting the information for ooh, the first time. What do you think? Uh, no, no? I, I just think that uh, <laughs> he wasn't doing so great with that scene. Uh, uh, wait, you think he didn't know beforehand? I don't think that he was? knew. Yeah. Mm. I see. I think that that was supposed to be one of the season finale revelations. Like uh. It's just like, everything you know will be different. Everything you know will change. <laughs> 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 everybody's related <laughs> everybody's related everybody's Cylon we'll get to that <laughs> Cylon 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 <laughs> um, yeah there's something I want to talk about because uh, there's a, an extra that uh, we see in this episode she's the first one off of the raft when they get to the boat and right before Jin and Son talk to uh, to Michael but this this extra she's uh, this lady who's been um, one of she's apparently one of the original thirty-three extras they had that were survivors. So she was the, in the pilot the plane. too. Yeah, she's been in the pilot. And this is season every four. season. Yeah, so wow. this was I guess her last episode was like this one or the next one right before the the ship explodes. Well, maybe she has the third. But anyways, yeah, she's uh been in a lot of episodes throughout the first four seasons. And yeah. I was watching the show. I was doing like a binge watch, like right before either the fourth or the fifth season with my old roommate. Like in between seasons, we just watched every episode up until that point, and we we started recognizing her in the in the background. So uh, that was a that was an important thing. We took a drink every time we saw her. Interesting. Yeah, yeah that'll be a fun drinking yeah. game. So this... shout out to Judy Champness. Oh wow, Champness. Wow, yeah. she even got credited. Yeah. That's... Well, she's uh on Lostopedia. There's a list of of the extras. Re- yeah I of see. the she's original the... thirty three yeah. extras. Wow. So all those thirty three show up throughout all. All, this, all four the of the Oceanic 33. Yeah, the, the Oceanic, Oceanic 33. 33. Holy fuck. Yeah, I don't know how many were able to stick around for all four seasons, but that she did. That is interesting. Yeah, so. That is, that is kind of cool. What are they called? Um, I don't think they have an uh, official name. Extras. You know, Oceanic yeah. Extras or something. I think they like... original 33 survivors or something. Background survivors. Huh. That's, that's so cool. The original I, I 33 like sounds like a pretty badass name yeah 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 the original 33 so it's what uh dc's gonna do when they're done with the new 52, 52. yeah, yeah. Huh. this this doesn't i don't think this has anything to do with it um <laughs> but I, i'm gonna throw this out there because normally the religion thing kind of pops up 33 was the age that jesus died right and i don't think that has any relation or correlation to what the original 33 <laughs> i think it is i think they each embody one aspect of jesus christ yeah and i think the most important thing about these people is we know that they're not used as weapons yeah mm-hmm. and, and they're, all, they're always there all, even if you don't notice it what was her name again uh judy chamness judy chamness embodies jesus backpack yeah jesus backpack mm-hmm. that that's still one of the 33 aspects of jesus that the uh she symbolizes yeah <laughs> She carries the backpack like Jesus carried the backpack through the desert. Yeah, and Jesus carries the backpack for all the people's sins, so you mm-hmm. just throw it all in the backpack. Yeah. 
and Judy it's kind of has... like Santa Claus is a bag, which is <laughs> it's a bottomless. Large, I mean, yeah, yeah, it, it's a bottomless bag. Except uh, Santa Claus's bag is full of uh, presents for good boys and girls, and uh, Jesus's backpack is full of all of your sins. <laughs> yeah, and all... like Judy Chamless, the mm-hmm. extra probably has a backpack that it's, it's like that. Um, it's like that purse from Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> you just you can pull out a hammer, and mm-hmm. you know she it's... just pulls out your sins. Yeah, yeah it's an interdimensional purse. Yeah. The backpack is forgiveness. Would that be a a good superhero who like has a bag full of sins? So like he would pull out whatever one he needs for oh, a fuck. particular situation. Oh my god, that'll be like the best. I would love to see something like that. Well, you'd use that on your enemies. Like you throw sloth at somebody, yeah. and they just become really large. Oh, so they would they would be like the opposite of Ultra Boy almost, <laughs> where Ultra Boy like uh, he could only have one superpower at a time. Uh-huh. Like he would like have to choose like oh I think flying would be good to help me out in this. Uh, or like super strength would be awesome yeah or like x-ray vision or whatever yeah. right but instead uh she just has like seven different weapons that she can yeah. only use one at a time yeah and then she could just whip out of her bag whenever and mm-hmm. it's a lot of it is like it's just in, it's just her in, in uh changing people's mental attitudes like maybe yeah. you should go and cheat and be a cheater or something <laughs> like that mm-hmm. should eat this entire ham yeah yeah uh, that would actually make her a very good bank robber because she could just like walk into the bank and then just zap everyone with lust. Yeah. So oh, yeah. everyone's too busy fucking to stop her from robbing the bank. <laughs> oh, that'd be so cool. What is what is the other? There's like another sin. It's like I don't know if this is a. Are we only of... talking about the seven deadlies? Because like, there's way more sins in that. Yeah. Wow. Isn't there like one like bearing false witness where like she just makes <laughs> people lie about other people so that she can like move her way through and manipulate her way yeah. through situations? Okay, the seven Google. deadly sins. How? Fuck that. Let's many make this comic or movie, guys. Yeah. Sins are. Call it bag of sins. Yeah. Listed. This is the the Ten Commandments too, which I think has the false witness. So. Oh, yeah, Honoring your, right. your mother and father. Here's yeah. a list of sins from the Bible according to Patheos.com. Ooh. Uh, this is not a list, you lying article. <laughs> ah. Well, why are you finding that? Like, that, I don't know. I love that concept of a bottomless bags of sins that, that you use. <laughs> and, like, it's just their ability. I feel like most of the time, most of the situations will just get solved with, with murder. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Is there, well, yeah, murder. And then maybe if, if she didn't want to murder, she could just do some mental manipulation yeah. of people like, like spinning you have... your seat on the ground yeah oh that's so gross <laughs> or like you, you have to like or it's just like the the ten commandments i don't know it's not the, the deadly sin but if you have to like honor your father or mother you yeah. just you make somebody like listen to their parents so that she could manipulate them out of something now. Ah, here we go here's a list of sins <laughs> uh this is on wogim w-o-g-i-m dot org Ooh. And uh, like it actually is going to fill up with viruses now. <laughs> yeah, because looking at this website's a sin. Uh, all right, deadlies. so my my phone froze. Oh, but one there. thing that I can see is that the penalty for astrology is death. Ooh, <laughs> ooh, I see. Yeah, I mean that's why uh, was it Copernicus had to was it Copernicus? One of those astrologers had to die. Interesting. Uh, A suggested related search that Google gave me is 667 sins in the Bible. 667. Oh, that's one too many. Oh, man. Like, what if she had the seven deadliest and then there are other... There are other um, people. Six hundred and sixty other bad sins. Yeah, there are other people that she had to destroy. That she had to destroy so she could... Maintain. Oh, does she only get to use each sin once? She only, oh. It's not actually a bottomless bag. Oh, maybe she could do that. And, like, but how, then, like how may, Spawn yeah. runs out of power. Right, right. But, but then the bag it, is bottomless, but you can't put the sin back in the bag. 
Interesting. So the sin just, or maybe there's that, and then maybe the the six hundred whatever additional sins they manifest as people, like, and but she has to collect them to keep them from you <laughs> it's know like the thirteen ghosts of Scooby Doo, or yeah, or like um um Friday the Thirteenth, the TV show, not the movie. <laughs> Do the word dot org has a list of six hundred sixty six sins. Oh. They're missing one. Uh, starting with one of them's got to be like one. fucking a goat, right? Like you can't fuck a goat. Abortion. Oh, no, it's an alphabetical number, order. Yeah. Number two, not abstaining from all appearance of evil. Number three, accusing. Number four, not acknowledging thine inequity. I feel like we should have you read all six hundred and sixty-six on like the uh, bonus weekend edition. Oh, of the number show five, for our adultery. <laughs> Subscribers. Please. Yes. Uh, the penalty for both involved is death. To look upon a woman with lust is adultery. Oh, yeah. Number six. Afraid of people or circumstances. Hey, David, Number I gotta seven, ask you something. Yeah, what's, what's up, John? I've, I've been having these dreams about Norm MacDonald. Oh, he's my favorite. Yeah, and his, uh, and his 1998 masterpiece, Dirty Work. Oh, I love that movie. He told me in the dream that we need to make some kind of podcast about that movie. Well, I mean, what kind of podcast can you do about a single movie? I just got this idea, maybe. Yeah. We do something where we examine every single minute of Dirty Work. Oh, wow. That would be great. Like a Dirty Work minute. Yeah, exactly. That's a brilliant idea. That is. We should do it. We should acquire that domain name. I will. DirtyWorkMinute.com. Check it out. Yeah, well, we're going to have our mm-hmm. podcast on there. And a bunch of dirty pictures. <laughs> From Dirty Work. And ourselves. <laughs> uh, number 663, worldly minded. Number 664, being worried. Number being six- worried is a sin? Uh, according to uh, <laughs> Phil Ford. Yeah. You know that normal thing that your brain like interprets for you to survive? Philippians? How you feel is most that what of Phil the time? stands for? <laughs> Is that what Phil stands for? What, Philippians? Philipp- oh, uh, yeah, Philippians. Uh, that uh, would be Philippians 4, 6, and Mountain? MT? What would MT ooh, stand for? Montana. Oh, Matt? Matthew? Oh, Matthew okay. uh, 6, 25. Mm. Being worried is a sin. <laughs> wow. Sin, sin 665, false worship. Oh, here we go. Last one. 666. Letting the sun go down on your wrath. Oh. <laughs> and here is a bonus 667th sin for you guys. Ooh. Younger, not submitting to the elder. Ooh, Ooh. shit. That is, that is a very interesting thing. Thank you guys for subscribing to our Patreon and listening to all 667 <laughs> sins. Yes, yeah. yes. So uh, those of you listening on the regular feed... Um, you're only going to hear like maybe some of the first ones and some of the last ones, and I'll yeah. cut the the rest for the uh, the Patreon. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. So please subscribe and tune into that if you get the chance. Yeah. If you guys uh, have not uh, uh, subscribed to our Patreon yet and given us money, uh, that's totally okay. Yeah. Uh, you can always just uh, give money to David when you see him. Please, yeah. yeah. Just like throw throw our homeboy a few bucks. Yeah. Like, like you literally see me in the street, throw it at just him. Throw money yeah. at me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and make sure it's, it's in change form. Yeah. Like. David loves change. If, if you if you are only able to uh, give him, uh, you know, bills, dollar right. bills, then you are required to stuff it into his shirt. Yeah. yeah. If yeah. you manage to catch me one of those few times I'm wearing a shirt when mm-hmm. I'm walking around. <laughs> Most of the time, um, he is not wearing a shirt. Yeah. You're wearing a, uh, a wonderful woman's blouse, right? Yeah. Like, it's 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 just to raise awareness mm-hmm. yeah. of, of women blouses. and, and, and blouses. Yeah. Yeah. 
Like, vases are a thing. I need to put that into the ethos here. <laughs> oh my god, Blouse Awareness Day. <laughs> that, that is the official what's up with that bro holiday. Yeah. That's the one that all three of us observe. Um, mm-hmm. Whenever it's Blouse Day in the studio, the three of us are wearing blouses. Yeah, you'll see it on our Instagram. Oh yeah. At WebroPod. Please. Mm-hmm. So come check it out on Blouse Day. Yeah. Uh, do we have uh, some Easter eggs that we need to talk um, about? Yeah, a couple of small ones. Um, yeah, we say, we already talked about uh, Day 108 is the day that supposedly the the Oceanic Six left whatever island they were on. And, um, oh, there were the rabbit's foot that the pilot has in the beginning. There's also a rabbit's foot that uh, Cheech has on the keys that he gives to Hurley. Yeah, yeah. And maybe it's the same rabbit's foot. Maybe he got it from that pilot. <laughs> no, the no. pilot, like, just tossed it at him when he got out of the plane to meet his son. He's like... Yeah. He's looking at you, Cheech. Oh, mm-hmm. maybe that's what else was in that C-130, was that Camaro. And that's what he was worried about. I was like, man, I don't want Cheech to get pissed if we scratch that Camaro. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. The unlucky Camaro. Yeah. yeah, This is his son's Camaro. And the mileage on it was uh, 4, 8, 15, 16, and 2342 was the uh, the trip mileage. Yeah. Yeah. I, do, I do love the numerology and the role that it plays on the show, which is so much fun to see happen. And it just keeps coming back. So I, I love that. Yeah. Every time they, they give us those numbers. And I think he mentioned the lottery in this one. And Chad, you were wondering if the uh, the numbers that he played for the lottery are these numbers? No, he said that those are the numbers that he played for oh, the lottery. It, I, yeah. I was wondering if his lottery numbers were the same as the Hatch numbers. Ah, I see. I, I when when this show was in its original run on TV, I never really uh, watched maybe the first couple of seasons. But I remember hearing this particular story point from someone, and I was like. Oh, that sounds like a fun way in. Like, yeah, these are very ominous numbers, but the guy uses the numbers to ends up winning the lottery, but the numbers keep resurfacing throughout the show. And I was like, oh, that sounds like right up my alley. Um, I wonder how many people still use those numbers for the lottery. (laughs) I wonder. What was that? Um, I don't use them for the lottery, but I have used portions of those numbers in, like, passwords and things. Ah, interesting. That's so cool. Okay. Yeah. Um, I... Right before we wrap up, yeah. there, like you know how we always have the musical sweeps throughout the show to like, and it really does help to boost up a lot of the scenes. Like the the beginning of this episode, we see the reunion of the family. They're playing mm-hmm. that that mm-hmm. there's that musical sting or sweep that comes in and it, it just lifts up the scene. They have that mu- that same musical sting, and this is the f- first time that I can remember seeing it in this particular context. Is like they just show everyone do like a quick chess piece setting where they kind of show where everybody is at so they have kate with the with michael um not michael with um aaron with aaron and um uh, richard alpert and those guys and they show basically where everybody is and they have that musical sting but it's not normally when they show when they have that music on the show it's supposed to be like this uplifting moment or like a positive moment but this is just more ominous where like Mm. these are all these pieces that are converging on each other where we have like ben and and lock at the the orchid station and there's all these other people that are kind of moving or making movements on that i just thought that was kind of an interesting place for them to drop that musical thing you know but because i I don't remember seeing it in that context before where it's just pretty much these are the pieces that are lining up and i guess they put that at the end of the episode because there's two more parts to this finale and they just kind of want to show that but yeah i don't know i just thought that was kind of something worth mentioning yeah yeah it was cool it definitely gives you a kind of a feeling of the scope of what we're about to see yeah. In the rest of the finale. Yeah. So, uh, speaking about what we're about to see, uh, next week's episode, um, yeah. AJ, do you have that? Oh. Uh, not just yet, but um, 
I'll, I'll pull it up, and then we can ask Chad what he thinks is going to happen next week, and we'll look at the episode. Wait, <laughs> the name of the uh, next episode is called Cabin Fever. <laughs> the one that uh, that precedes There's No Place Like Home Part 2. Uh, sorry, Part 1, and that's Cabin Fever. <laughs> Locke and Hurley and Ben are trapped together in the cabin that Ben used to live in. Oh. The oh. one that gets set on fire later. They get oh. trapped in it? Yeah, uh, avoiding the guys uh, in the helicopter. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. And also, a satellite phone falls out of a helicopter. Oh, yeah. Nice. That okay. Yeah, and it's thrown out by. Ooh, yeah. Because I think it's Saeed, but it's not because he's on the, the raft on the Zodiac. It was Saeed on the way out, uh, not on the way back. Oh, okay. Interesting. Okay. Oh, no, maybe the satellite phone falls out two episodes ago. Hmm. Right, so season spend four. All this next episode, wondering what's up with the satellite phone. <laughs> yeah, like this next episode is is a, maybe it's a bottle episode. Everything is in the cabin. Yeah, it's just it's just uh, Ben, Locke, and Hurley getting to know each other, or like ha- hashing through some bullshit. Yeah, nah, that doesn't happen because like we see like Locke is already like you lied to us again. Mm-hmm. You are not to be trusted. Yeah, maybe it's, he learns that in this in, in the cabin in the bottle episode. Yeah. Season four. Uh, episode 11, Cabin Fever. Yes. So uh, we'll see you, uh, listeners, for that. Um, time for plugs. Good. So, Chad, where can we find you on the interwebs? Uh, as always, uh, go to my website, negative1.net. AJ? Uh, you can find me over on Twitter at adnamis003. Trouble with finding me there. You can always find me on uh, the What Bro Pod Twitter account. Yeah, that's where you can find me. Yeah. And I'm um, at DKJ Comedy on Twitter. Um, also, yeah, if you always want to. Talk about the show. Hit us up, What Bro Pod, on Twitter, on Instagram, and uh, Facebook. We're on all those things. So talk to us about really anything. Like we'll give you, we'll talk to you about anything at all. It doesn't have to be lost. Yeah. Um, it'd be great if it was, because that's kind of what our thing is. But like, <laughs> I mean, we we have all kinds of different interests, um, interests, sure, uh, life experiences. We can mm-hmm. help you out. Um, yeah. So you have the power of three minds. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The only thing we can't help you out with is uh, child rearing advice because none of us have kids. Yeah, we don't have kids. Yeah. Also, none of us are lawyers, so mm-hmm. legal advice or I think doctors we mentioned before. We can't medical do. advice. We yeah. Can't. So yeah. we can't do legal medical advice, but, uh, but like fashion advice. If you want to know what socks you should wear with a particular pair of pants or something, yeah, we can David, do that. David dresses very well. Yeah. Yes, yes, he does. He's if, a very uh, sharp-dressed man. If uh, you were uh, thinking about uh, uh, starting to promote stand-up comedy, I can give you a lot of advice on that. The advice starts with the word don't and ends with <laughs> don't, don't, don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and as far as I go, if you would just if you just want to play PlayStation with somebody, I'm your guy. So. Yeah, PlayStation 1. PlayStation 1. Is the, the original person I know that owns one. Yeah, so um, you'd have to physically come over to my house and play PlayStation 1. There's no <laughs> network connectivity, and yeah, I'm not Ridge using Racer, any. Yeah, Ridge Racer, boy. <laughs> Ridge Racer. There's no emulators. It's straight PlayStation 1. <laughs> so there's no net connectivity. So, yeah, come over to my house. You can meet my wife and uh, my cats. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah, you can give you cat advice, too. Yeah. I can yeah, give you some cat, cat advice. Problems, yeah. Yeah. Don't, you know, don't feed them after midnight. That's what I've learned. Yeah, don't get them wet. Don't get they them wet. Mm-hmm. They hate that. Um, also, gremlins. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't you those, those, those cats that your wife got down in Chinatown? Oh, that yeah. Guy? She got them from a... Uh, yeah, those, a are, those are mogwais. Oh, shit. Really? Yeah. I thought they were strange because the man that she got them from seemed very old and like uh, somewhat mystical <laughs> in a Hollywood racist kind of way. Yeah. But, you know, I kind of whistled past that. <laughs> 
If you have having cat problems, I feel bad for you, son. Oh, man. I, I just, they keep on multiplying in my house. <laughs> and, like, they keep on eating after midnight and they start turning green. I don't know. My cats are weird, you guys. Yeah. So, um, if you know anything about cats or mogwais or gremlins or anything like that, please. AJ needs your help. Please feed at AJ. <laughs> please. Um, AJ 003. I don't know how long I can, I can keep up with these gremlins. I mean, I have PlayStation to play, you guys. Yeah. These, these gremlins are getting in the way of that. I mean, cats. Okay. Well, uh, everyone, that's, uh, that's another episode in the can. We'll see you next week. You know what to do. Get lost. Cabin fever. (laughs) Cabin fever.